the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Yesterday afternoon, I was sitting around watching sports or something like that. Don't quote me. What's interesting to note about that was it's one of those ESPN shows where they have like 30 topics in 30 minutes or something like that. The scrolls on the left or on the right showing you the topics they're coming up with. And um, one of the hosts, one of the topics was 17-year-old kid wins $3 million playing Fortnite. Our video games prime time something like that and it was a little bit of a debate on athletes video game athletes right you can say all you want about video game athletes but three million dollars is a significant prize now my my issue on this is how many kids are going to make three million dollars playing video games the answer is not many how many kids are going to give up college or give up their lifestyle so that they can potentially win three million dollars playing video games and the answer is not many same thing goes with professional football, professional basketball, professional baseball. These are all expensive sports to practice and to, to play. And the amount of winners that they create is very, very few. If you truly want your kid to get a college scholarship, get them into something like water polo or fencing. Because a Prop 9 in college uh, athletics, uh, there's scholarships for alternative sports that help, shall we say, not very competitive compared to baseball, football, and basketball. I know you're saying, do parents really pursue college scholarships for their kids? They do. Do sports? Yeah, they do. So that's a story. I, I like it. I, I'm a big fan of Fortnite. I'm a big fan of video games. I think they're a good time suck as well as just a de-stressor for us. Um, and I, I think those of you who are like, video games rat your brain. You don't understand video games. And they've changed a lot. <clears throat> so, and anyway, um, they are what they are. So... It's business. Again, take a look at Electronic Arts. Take a look at Activision. Take two. AMD, NVIDIA, Sony, Microsoft. These are all video game plays. Then you can get into the ones like Tencent, which is a Chinese video game play. And you look at all the billions of Chinese on the planet, and you go, well, they could actually affect uh, things a little bit differently than the U.S. consumer can. And that's true. So this brings me to my final concept, and then I want to quit and never do radio or TV ever again. This is the, the this is the story that's going to push me out, and it has a little bit to do with Gangnam Style. I know you're saying, Sai, did Sai release another YouTube video that br- has broken the internet? No, no, no. What has happened in South Korea is deplorable. A six-year-old South Korean YouTube celebrity has bought an eight million dollar five-story house in Seoul. I'm giving away my man card today because I'm no longer worthy of saying I'm a man. A six-year-old South Korean YouTube celebrity named Borum, not Borat, but Borum with an M, 30 million subscribers, has gone out and bought herself an $8 million five-story home in Seoul in the neighborhood of Gangnam, which is kind of a cool, hip neighborhood. That's what the whole song Gangnam Style is all about. I think of it as kind of like a Beverly Hills in South Korea. She's got two YouTube accounts. She reviews toys, and she also has a lifestyle. 
one of her most popular videos, she's making instant noodles. She's six years old and she just bought a five-story house. It makes me angry. So she's making noodles. She's not telling you how to save money for retirement, how to earn money in retirement. She's making noodles. And again, that goes back to the video game kid who just won $3 million. He's going to inspire a lot of people. My kid wants a YouTube account and it's tough to get a YouTube account for a kid. And I think that's great. So in South Korea, people are freaked out that her video clips are negatively impacting the emotional and ethical development of younger viewers. I think there's some truth to that. I think the way we market to our children, even through YouTube, is deplorable. I think it does strain our kids. Amongst the videos people are concerned about are stage clips showing her stealing money from her father's wallet. And she's also been shown in videos driving a car. Now, I got no problem with that because in Alabama, I believe the driving age is six. That's, that's for sedans, not for trucks. Trucks is eight. But, and this is a big but, I still don't think you should put it on video because there's a lot of kids who aren't six and eight. Or there are a lot of kids who are six and eight who don't live in Alabama or South Korea driving cars. Did you see a story? It was a feel-good story. I think it was a three-year-old or four-year-old took his toy tractor. When his grandma said he couldn't go to the county fair, he drove his toy tractor to the county fair. No, he didn't get run over. No, he didn't get picked up by a pedophile. This is actually a happy story where the kid went to the fair in a toy tractor. So the non-governmental organization called the Save the Children reported her videos to the police. And the local family court ordered her parents to complete a counseling course. But this is all about big business. Child stars on YouTube are big business. Shirley Temple Black, relative. Shirley Temple, you may know her as. Shirley Temple Black is how I know her. Child star, kind of same thing, right? Judy Garland's child star, kind of same thing, right? It is, but it's a little bit different because YouTube is, how shall we say, so open. She's got 30 million subscribers. That's like one-third of a Super Bowl. That ain't bad. The highest earning YouTuber last year was seven-year-old Ryan Kaji, the American star of Ryan Toys Review. Last year, he earned $22 million. That makes me want to cut off my hand with a cleaver and flush it down the toilet with my other hand. That makes me angry. Other young stars include American Titus, who appears on his family's YouTube channel, Trav and Core. YouTube stars make money in a couple ways. They can get a cut of the ads that play on the videos. And they can also partner with brands to sell merchandise or include products in their videos like toy companies. Mattel and Hasbro obviously are throwing money at, at miners to push their product. What's interesting to note about that is my younger boy was addicted to YouTube videos that had toy reviews. Um, Chad Burton taught me something pretty cool called screen time. He allows his kids to have one hour screen time and they can earn a little bit more, but not much. He wants them outside. He wants them on boats. He wants them on hikes. He wants them in trails. But you put a kid in front of YouTube and it's fascinating to see what they gravitate towards. Toy reviews are huge. And if you have a cute little six-year-old kid going, Oh, look, it's me, Barbie. <clears throat> kids get into it. Kids like seeing kids. It's like dogs like seeing dogs. So in February, YouTube shut down comments on videos of minors after accusations that the platform had aided pedophiles. That's the biggest fear of a parent, that your child's innocence gets taken from some sick, demented person. And YouTube has to do a better job, whether it's videos of people that they're showing that are dead or whether it's young kids going out and promoting toys. YouTube does have a responsibility to society, and that's a weird genie's bottle. Because when you have the ability to search for billions of videos, it feels like, it's tough to police. It's tough to monitor. It's tough to sanitize. It's tough to contain. But does that make you happy or sad that someone made $8 million, She bought herself as a six-year-old an $8 million house. Like, I started a business, and I could barely afford living. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show and the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? 
Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. AMD going to report earnings tonight. Their stock is the highest level it's been in over a decade. Wow. That says a lot of stuff going on right there, doesn't it? It says that 10 years ago it was in a better position, or maybe semiconductors were, or maybe competition was less. Some tells you something. That's a long time to get back to its all-time high. But on top of that, Apple, they've got a P.E. that's lower than the market's P.E., and even a subpar number from Apple can boost the stock market. Worthy of note. Soderberger buys for taking action on any stocks I mentioned. Um, Procter & Gamble stock surges after adjusted profit. Consumer products are doing really well right now. Um, they're just at the right place. People have jobs. Three pharmaceutical companies are going to pay California $70 million for delaying drugs to keep prices high. Wow. Don't know how I feel about that. Beyond meat, their sales nearly quadruple. Stock plunges after a secondary offering was announced. Let's talk about this. I've got a friend who's a police officer. And I think in between arresting people and speeding tickets and investigating domestic violence and doing what police officers do, probably listens and watches the stock market. He probably thinks, you know, hey, this is a pretty good career. I started when I was 20. If I put in 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, I can get out when I'm 50 and have a nice pension. Maybe I'll have a second career. I see a lot of police officers do that. Another friend of mine was a police officer who put in his time and at 50 bought a place in Hawaii and he had an apartment in San Francisco and he comes back every couple months and uh, he helps a DUI attorney. And what he does is he investigates DUIs where maybe the police officer did something incorrect. Maybe he pulled you over and left his lights on and it caused you to get a little bit dizzy. Maybe uh, the whole stop took four minutes to conclude that you were you know, uh, drunk and he puts you in the back of his car when there's supposed to be 17 questions that you go over by the police officer to you, and it can't take four minutes, including a sobriety test. So as a police officer, he, he helps DUI attorneys help their clients. Now, I don't know if I feel morally great about that in one way or shape or form, but you are innocent until proven guilty, and a police officer needs to follow his duties perfectly, in theory, to get a perfect conviction, and that's kind of what we want and kind of what we strive for in the United States. Um, but this police officer retired, went to Hawaii, and comes back and charges a client $500 to go to the scene of the crime with him. And uh, it's not a bad second gig. Second gigs are great. So back to Beyond Meat, this police officer friend of mine, and I get sidetracked, don't I? He, um, no, oh, how do we say this in English? Anglais. No, no, je, je parle, parle anglais. Uh, Beyond Meat insiders, including CEO, are going to sell millions of dollars in a secondary offering. That's even before we talk about their earnings. They just did the old Tesla trick. We need money. And by saying we need money, we're going to hurt current shareholders because we're going to issue shares and get cash. And some of the shares are going to come from insiders, and some of them are going to wait for the lockup IPO period to end. Nope. We're going straight to the secondary. Company raised 2019 sales guidance nicely. Wall Street had expected about $224 million. They came in at 2019 guidance at $240 million. The secondary has got me telling you the best time to buy will be during that secondary. More than likely, consultant worker reserves are getting action on stocks mentioned on the show. Um, it's going to be a three million share sale. It could net beyond meet insiders and initial investors more than six hundred sixty million dollars. 
CEO Ethan Brown stands to receive more than $8.7 million. That's only a small slice of his total stake, but it's interesting to note that insiders are selling. Now, you go further into Beyond Meat's quarter, and you're seeing the stock get pretty beaten up today. It's not horrific, but it's certainly not pretty. Um, And I bring this up in large part because I think you kind of need to know Beyond Meat. um, Let's see. After all, Campbell Soup is currently worth less than Beyond Meat, despite having about 33 times the revenue. Campbell Soup has got 33 times the revenue of Beyond Meat, and Beyond Meat has more value. And Beyond Meat is in a very small section of the grocery store, whereas Campbell's Soup is in a very large section of the grocery store. Um, I know, I know, I know. That's probably not the, the most exciting things for you. Twilio had a secondary about four months after its IPO. LogMeIn, ServiceNow, Grubhub, Cloudera. Um, and it's interesting because you typically wait nine months, six months to nine months for the insiders to start selling. But in this case, this is a way for the insiders to sell without actually selling. Not sure that makes a total ton of sense to you. Um, but it's worthy of note. So Beyond Meat, ticker symbol BYND, is publicly traded, and it is a food company, in theory, that is selling plant-based proteins to replace animal-based proteins. Um, Stock's down $21 today. At one point in time, it was down considerably more, so it's getting some buyers to come in. Um, it had a low of 183 today. It's at 200. So at one point in time, it was down almost 40 points, down roughly 15%. And right now, it's down 9.6%. Is this your type of investment? I can't tell you. It's too much of a risk and too much of a civil war for me based on valuation. You could be right with a theme, but you could be wrong with valuation. The theme of uh, plant-based proteins, and there's been a big survey of people who are buying veggie burgers at restaurants. Most of them aren't vegetarians. They're just looking for a day off from meat, I suppose, is the easiest way of saying that. No. So Beyond Meat, stock plunging. Investors are waiting on the Federal Reserve today to cut interest rates on Wednesday. And what will they say? That's going to be a big part of it. Hybrid vehicles could drive the auto industry's next decade. There's a good article in Barron's. I like Barron's. I like the Wall Street Journal. There's many financial publications that I think are great, like The Economist. Um, but most of them were going to, at that point in time, become very dull reads. I think Barron's does a nice job of making it kind of a sexy and exciting read. But Get Her Done is kind of what the car industry is trying to do right now. There's an F-150 pickup that's towing a train right now, and it repeats the job with a load of 42 gas-burning F-150s, representing 42 years of America's best-selling truck. And it's an all-electric prototype. That's kind of nice to think about. I don't know. Um, the footage was cool. And the commercialization of it, the marketing of it, is obvious. You know, how shall we say electric vehicles are the future? Not only because they, they cut carbon or save on gas, they will one day make gas burners look weak. Um, because we're able to tweak the power that comes out of electric. Um, the top electric pure place, Tesla, is not yet a reliable producer of profits or free cash flow, but Ford is. So the hybrid business model or the hybrid uh, engine is a big thing on Wall Street at this point in time as far as a future of what we can expect coming out of the auto industry. Fewer gas burners, more hybrids, down to electrics replacing gas and doing it with power. Stock market pulls back further from all-time highs, de-risking 
is on today after the Fed rate decision comes out tomorrow. We're all waiting for that. Trump calls out China for not buying U.S. agricultural products. Trade talks in Shanghai ongoing. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I know there's a lot of choices out there. And I know talking finance isn't the greatest, easiest thing in the world for most. But when you start talking about, like, Capital One has a data breach, that hits you in your life. And it's something you should pay attention to and something you should learn about credit monitoring services and whether they're good for you or bad for you. There's some apps out there like CreditKarma.com, which will tell you if a new credit account has been opened in your name. It's kind of a poor man's credit monitoring service, if you will. It's bringing Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com. Lots going on today, Mr. O'Hare, with the Federal Reserve, with the government. Um... With earnings, this is a good time. Even though it's the summer and there's volumes a little bit down and tensions a little bit off because we're thinking about beaches, but this is a good time. How are you, sir? Yeah, good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. And uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's there's a lot going on this week, <clears throat> and uh, so there's no shortage of, of trading catalysts or things to think about. So the markets have pulled back a little bit. Is that the pause that refreshes? Is it being reflective of what the Fed's going to do, how much they're going to do, what they're going to say about the future? Is it a little disappointment with earnings? Any reason for the recent, how shall we say, not fresh new all-time highs? Yeah. Um, you know, I think probably the the, uh, the easiest explanation from my vantage point is simply that, you know, there's an appreciation for the fact that the market has come such a, a, a a long way in a short amount of time. Um, huge, huge gains off those early June lows. And so I think, you know, <clears throat> with all of these big events, you know, happening this week, uh, many of which you enumerated earlier, uh, you know, there's a little hesitation on the part of buyers, kind of thing, that just want to wait and see if their investment theses are, are validated or whether they need to be, you know, rethought. And so, you know, in a week like that, you tend to get a, uh, you know, a little bit of consolidation activity. And, and um, you know, and I would add that also, you know, you get um, like the earnings report we saw out of uh, Beyond Meat uh, last night. I mean, it's not that it was, you know, a quote-unquote terrible report, but uh, with the news of the secondary offering, you know, that stock is obviously getting, you know, hit pretty pretty strongly. And I think it's just a kind of a reminder to uh, investors that, you know, a, a large number of stocks have, have made huge moves. Uh, some are very speculative in nature, uh, beyond meat probably being primary amongst them all. And it's just kind of that reminder that you probably should, you know, uh, take a little off the table when you've had these these outsized moves in, in such a short amount of time. That's a good example. Um, the Beyond Meat one is trading at something like 30 times more valuation. Or No, no. Campbell Soup has 30 times the sales, the revenue that Beyond Meat has. Mm-hmm. And yet Beyond Meat is an alternative protein, plant-based protein, and that's kind of a trend, maybe not with me and you, but with our kids. They're, you know, they want healthier options, and they may not even be vegetarians, I'm hearing. And they're saying, I'm just going to take a night off from meat and have a burger, a veggie mm-hmm. burger. Um, how do you reconcile that where you tell your kids, like, it's not the greatest investment because of valuation, but you're onto something. Um, you're thinking the right way. Yeah. You play that no, game I with mean, your kids? 
Well, you know, I think in, just in general, I mean, you try to you know promote ideas for your kids, you know, in terms of healthy living and you know what they can do uh, to to extend their life, and you know, exercise factors into that mix as well. Maybe uh, a lot less video gaming. <laughs> so, um, you know, so so it is an interesting, you know, uh, what we call you know, here at briefing.com, it's an interesting story stock, right? And, and, and the story behind this stock is, is very compelling, okay? Um, but, you know, entering this week, uh, it was trading at about <clears throat> 4,600 times estimated fiscal 2020 earnings. Uh, so obviously, it's extremely rich, uh, and, and it has a great story behind it. And in a market where you kind of have this assurance of uh, easy monetary policy, you know, stocks like that can run for a very long time and get way overheated. But, um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, too, you do have to recognize that if this story is so good and this is the, you know, the developing trend that's going to be in place for decades to come, you can bet your dollar that other food companies are not just going to sit on their hands and let, you know, Beyond Meat take 100% of, you know, market share. You know, you're going to see a lot of innovation in the space and a lot of other large, deeper-pocketed companies come to the fore with competitive products that will ultimately, you know, eat into this uh, hyper-growth rate you're seeing on the top line for, uh, for Beyond Meat right now. With that said, I often tell people if you really feel you've got to own something like a Beyond Meat, it makes mm. valuations look crazy. Don't do it. But if you really feel, go out and buy one share or go out and buy 1% of your net worth in it, and that's it. Have fun. Lose the money. It's like going to Vegas. I expect to lose. If I walk away with anything, I'm a winner. If I break even, I kind of expected it, so to speak. Uh, I, I, I don't like putting Wall Street into gambling terms, but I understand that some people just have to have like that crazy stock. Well, um, I, you know, you're, you're. I think you're right, Rob. You know, I mean, it, it, it kind of becomes a funny money play, and you know, I've, what I've kind of described it as is that these are, you know, there's playground rules on Wall Street, right? You okay. see this time and time again, year in and year out, you get, you know, a quote, you know, this the hot stock, you know, and it goes parabolic. You know, we saw that with uh, cannabis producer Tilray, you know, when it when yeah. it went public. You know, things shot you know, north of you know, north of two hundred bucks a share and then, you know, lo and behold there were no greater fools left to buy the stock and, and now it's back trading, you know, around forty bucks a share. So um, you know, it's something that happens time and again. It's just kind of part of the, the culture, if you will. <laughs> Other than saying that the consumer has jobs in the United States, what do you make of the Procter & Gamble's and the Coca-Cola's and the Pepsi's all having really good quarters? Uh, the consumer seems to be strong. Is that the bottom line? Is that all we need to know? Or is there something more to it, like valuation, that I'm, I'm missing? Right. Well, let me let me just tie it back into what we just talked about, right? You know, you talk about a you know great story stock and Beyond Meat and how you know the, there's great developing trends there, and um, and yet you, you you're going to see deeper pocketed, bigger players come in to you know try and you know arrest that uh, market share grab that Beyond Meat is taking. So by the same token, you're seeing companies like Coca Cola and Procter and Gamble, which have had to deal with some smaller, nimble. nimble Competitors dealing with more organic and natural products, and uh, and obviously they've they've done an excellent job of marketing and innovating, and it's starting to show through in their results. And so, um, so they've had you know Coca Cola and Procter Gamble, you know, relatively speaking, put up some really impressive. Uh, growth for their lower growth businesses in the second quarter, and uh, and it, it does bode well, I think, for for both those companies because it does suggest that they're 
uh, able to capitalize on a consumer that's uh, in a pretty decent position right now. And, and not only that, they're starting to capture some mind share, which is important as it relates to uh, maybe a younger demographic looking for some more natural-based products. And it's, and it's uh, you know, they're likely to continue to build on that with their, their marketing might. Their marketing might, their cash flow, their shares that they could issue. Uh, the incumbents have some uh, added advantages, to say the least. Now, today's Fed Day. Are you expecting anything out of the Federal Reserve um, today and tomorrow? Is it kind of wait till tomorrow? Or do you think the market tends to drift up the day before the Fed comes out with their decision? What do you plan? Not how, what are you playing with the Fed, but what are you seeing with the Federal Reserve and the markets right now? Right. Well, you know, with the the market running to you know all time highs, uh, it's it's in in our estimation as has uh, really been catalyzed this year in particular by the the dovish minded pivot on the part of the Federal Reserve. So there's little question that the market is is banking on some form of accommodation. You know, when that meeting reaches its end tomorrow, and you know the the looks as if the consensus view is that you're going to get 25 basis points, but there's not. Uh, there's also, you know, a decent-sized probability uh, in the Fed funds futures market uh, that you know allows for the prospect of a 50 basis point cut. Uh, we're not in that camp. We think we're going to see 25 basis points, and you know, then we think you know, Fed Chair Powell and, and the FOMC directive basically suggests that you know, if more needs to be done, then they'll take the necessary step. If less needs to be done, they'll take the necessary step. So, kind of that uh, more of an insurance rate cut uh, perspective. I think, and uh, with the allowance that you know the Fed's not just going to go uh, hide now that it's that it's done that rate cut and it will act as appropriate. As always, Mr. O'Hare, you're awesome. You're fantastic. You're insightful. You have digestible financial nuggets uh, at briefing.com. Is there anything else that you're working on that you want to bring our attention to? As I've monopolized the questions so far. Well, this is kind of, I think we've talked around everything that I am working on, you know, as a sort of consider, you know, the, the, the big picture column that I write and publish every Friday. Uh, there's a lot of big picture topics out there this week. Um, and to be honest, I have not narrowed it down to one in particular because uh, it's all going to go into the fabric of how this market, you know, uh, reacts by, you know, by the end of business on Friday. And so just kind of taking that all in, we'll be paying close attention, obviously, to the Fed decision and the reaction to the Fed decision, really, uh, in conjunction with all of the earnings news, the reaction to the Apple report tonight, uh, what might happen in China on on the trade front. uh, And certainly, you know, we've got that employment report on Friday, too. So there's a lot of good ideas gestating right now. I just haven't settled on one. (laughs) Sounds good. Good luck with your work. Please note that on Fridays, I look forward to that column hitting after the market closes or right around then. And every morning, I start my day with your page ones. I think you do fantastic work. Briefing does great work. Um, during earnings season, I think that's when you really shine because there's a, a lot going on, and it's it's easily digestible and easily defined. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. You can find him at Briefing.com. I've worked with him now for 20 years. And... Um, there's very few people in the world that I've known for 20 years, if that tells you anything. A, I burn people out, and B, I've got high expectations. They meet them, and they exceed them. You can find them at briefing.com. You can find me at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Capital One has a data breach that has affected 
an estimated 100 million U.S. individuals and approximately 6 million Canada. <laughs> Canada still has American envy. U.S. envy is probably the right way of saying that. I know, I know, I know. We like your women. We like your hockey. We like your, your Mounties. You can keep everything else, Canada. <laughs> oh, and we also like your dirty oil sands. I know you're saying dirty oil sands. That was a big thing in the 1990s is that how were we going to wean off the OPEC uh, oil thing when it, we, you know, we, it was kind of a national security issue. And then we looked up north and we saw Canada's got what's called oil sands. The only problem is they're dirty. And to make, you know, what, what comes out of Saudi Arabia, it's, it's like beautiful, sweet, crude. Not dirty crude. Sweet. And then, like, in the 90s, we were like, you know, under the Colorado Rockies, there's more oil there than there is in Saudi Arabia. The only problem is to get to it, we're going to have to blow up the Rockies. <laughs> if Donald Trump was president, he was like, blow up the Rockies. I want that called the Trump Oil Reserves. Huge. So, yeah, there's always that kind of story, right? So, anyway, Capital One's data breach hitting 100 million U.S. individuals. Uh, Paige Thompson, a former software engineer with Amazon, Amazon Web Services, was arrested by the FBI in Seattle. She appeared in court and was charged with a single count of computer fraud and abuse, which carries a sentence of up to five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. Can you imagine messing up 100 million Americans' credit? 100 million. And all you get is five years in jail. Makes me almost want to mess up people's credit. I know you're saying jail's not pretty for you people like you, Rob. You know, um... Oftentimes, I, I go back to the story because it just shows you how retirement works and doesn't work. One of your options, if you haven't saved enough money for retirement, is to go into a bank with a gun, shoot it once in the air, not at a person, and wait for the police to arrive. And then you get you know, lifetime in jail in your retirement years, um, cable TV, air conditioning because you're older, uh, health care. Like, it doesn't sound like that bad of a deal if you haven't saved enough for retirement. And that's a big if. And keep in mind, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what party would have? So the largest category that got hit at Capital One was consumers and small businesses who applied for credit cards between 2005 and early 2019. Now, holy S-H-I double toothpicks or whatever you're supposed to say. Um, 2005? The state of breach couldn't go from like, oh, say 2018 to 2019. 2005? Part of the data that was accessed was personal information, credit card applications. Names, addresses, zip codes, phone numbers, email addresses, date of birth, self-reported income. Whoa. Approximately 140,000 credit card customers' social security numbers. Approximately 80,000 credit card customers' linked bank account numbers. Approximately 1 million social insurance numbers of Canadian credit card customers. Again, we don't really care about Canada. Come on, who am I kidding? I shouldn't even bring them up anymore and give them good headlines. So this is bad news for Capital One, but again, take a look at a company like an Equifax. I know you're saying Equifax. Aren't they a credit uh, bureau? Yeah, they are. And they, too, got hacked. Take a look at Home Depot. They got hacked. Target got hacked. How many companies have been hacked that aren't willing to tell us? It's a good question. I don't have an answer to that. But when Equifax got hacked, it was $144 stock. It then proceeds to go all the way down to $90. And guess where it is today? $140. So, if Capital One does get hit, it shows you that, that, A, they can bounce back. Oh, by the way, Target recently bounced back, and Home Depot bounced back. It's not uncommon. Today, Capital One's down 7.4%. I kind of want to own the stock. 
not necessarily immediately until some of this shakes out. But the whole idea of a credit card company, I kind of like. Now, I got Visa to make me happy and fat and content. You could have MasterCard. But I don't think anything's wrong with Capital One. If you think they can shake this. Shake, shake, shake your money maker. Um, can they shake it? I think they can. Chase is doing a good job. There's other companies you can go for. But Capital One's kind of a pure play on credit cards. And Americans love affair with credit cards. I love you, credit card. I love you. I love you. I love you. I can't quit you, credit card. I'm giving away a pair of tickets. Ding, 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 ding. To cool in the gang. You're talking cool. Chic. Awesome. They're playing with Evelyn Champagne King Thursday, August 1 at the Mountain Winery in Saratoga for a chance to win tickets. If you don't get the call in, visit the log on our VIP business club at kdow.biz. kdw.biz. Tickets on sale now for the following shows at Mountain Winery. George Clinton, Parliament Funk, Feist, and Josh Groban. But this is cool in the gang. Coming to Saratoga Mountain Winery, August 1, Thursday. That is this week. What are you doing Thursday night? If you've never been to the Mountain Winery, it's awesome. It's a great first date. It's a great honeymoon. Well, not a honeymoon. It's a great rekindle your love date. Cool and the Gang officially launched in 1969, I think right around the time we landed on the moon. They performed for five years under various band titles. They've influenced generations. At the age of 49, the band has become the true recording industry legends. Um, they're like Chicago. They've been around for a long time making high-quality music. Celebration, Cherish, Jungle Boogie, Summer Madness, Open Sesame, Grammy Awards, American Music Awards, 31 gold and platinum albums. They were around when I was a kid. This is top-notch entertainment, top-notch performance. Check them out. Win tickets. Call 800-516-1220. 800-516-1220. Winner receives a pair of tickets to Cool in the Gang with Evelyn Champagne King. Thursday, August 1 at the Mountain Winery in Saratoga. For more information, go to mountainwinery.com. Or check out kdow.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to give you a tickets to save you a little do re me on your entertainment budget. You can find me celebrating the good times at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. You can also check out the new website, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And uh, get tickets now, 800-516-1220, to get the tickets for Mountain Winery in Saratoga. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.